I'm Marcia Policiano. Welcome to the World We Want podcast, where we explore key themes related to the UN Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs, through conversations with influencers and thought leaders. The World We Want is hosted by the RELICS SDG Resource Center. To find out more, go to sdgresources.relx.com. Welcome. My name is Marcia Beliciano, and I'm Group Head of Corporate Responsibility for Relex. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Helen McGeo, who is the lead on plastics recycling for ICIS. She has extensive experience in the recycling industry, having worked in the sector for over 17 years. She specializes in recycled PET, actually RPET, and we're going to find out what that is in a few minutes. And she has in-depth knowledge and analysis in commodity plastic, speaking regularly on the topic in Europe, North America, and Asia. She leads market analysis and research for ICIS, concentrating on global recycled polymer markets, working with contacts across the supply chain from collection, reclamation, through to end users. And she's spent more than 20 years in consultancy, having worked in the digital technology industry before working with RPET. So she is responsible for monthly coverage in the sector, including price discovery, analysis of market developments, and regulatory developments. And she has generated price forecasts for RPET Lake and food grade pellets by key regions. She has developed multiple custom studies in the recycling area, assisting investment and strategy development for parties within the supply chain. And for ICIS, she has built the coverage of recycled plastics through her previous experience and expertise. She's also a part of ICIS's sustainability vision team. So, I'd like to welcome you, Helen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Lovely to be here. So, Helen, did you think you'd be working in recycled plastic when you started out in your career? Most certainly not, no. Um, It's something um, I've kind of fallen into, but um, very happy that I have. And of course, as you can imagine, um, never been quite so popular <laughs> in terms of, um, you know, talking to industry at the moment. Um, but uh, it's a fascinating area. Um, and of course, a very important one as well. So I, in my introduction, mentioned about a particular type of plastic Um, Say that name correctly and tell us what it is and why you focus on that relative to other plastic. Well, I think it's an important point to remember that plastics is a group of different plastics as a family. Um, so there are various different uh, polymers out there. Um, I have focused on recycled PET, polyethylene terephthalate. Um, you will know this most commonly as the plastic that is used to create your water, mineral water bottles, your soft drinks bottles. 
Um, that's a, a very uh, popular uh, polymer um, and is primarily the main one that's used in those particular applications. It's suitable for other things such as uh, thermoform sheet um, fibres. It goes into very many different applications. Um, it's an area of focus because the fact that it's used in bottles. Um, and of course, when we think about the issues today in terms of plastics pollution, when we look at where the market's going in terms of responding to, to that and to responding to being more sustainable in its packaging, bottles is, a, is very front and centre in consumers' minds. But of course, there are other polymers and certainly uh, me and my team cover all of those as well um, across the board. So polyolefins as well. So recycled PE, recycled PP are other examples, polyethylene and polypropylene. Um, so they're, they're three key areas uh, of, of the market in terms of what's being used out there today. Um, and they're all um, incredibly important and a, and a great area of focus for, for end markets in particular. Well, you mentioned, Helen, that you've never been so popular. And I wondered if you could comment, we're recording this in the United Kingdom, and our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, recently proclaimed that plastic recycling doesn't work and is not the answer. Is he correct? Um, I don't believe he is correct. Um, I can't disagree with his, you know, his initial comment that, you know, we all need to reduce. Of course, that should be the first uh, first point of call. Um, when we look at the waste hierarchy, prevention is better than anything. So reducing um, is is a first step for sure. But of course, if let's think about where we are here today, uh, recycling plastics is very possible. There is a lot of infrastructure in place to do that. And really, um, when we look at the alternatives, there are a lot of things coming in terms of solutions to uh, make uh, a circular economy, um, not just in plastics, but in all areas. But really, where we are here and today is is recycling. It's very important that we do collect the material, first and foremost, um, that it's not, therefore, uh, leaking into the environment in any way. Um, and, but absolutely, um it, there are stumbling blocks, there are issues in the whole system, um, but it actually is, um, it can be very effective. Um, you know, unfortunately, I'm not sure UK is is one of the best examples that's out there, but certainly um, as an industry, um, there's been uh, a lot of investment, a lot of development, um, and it's really leading um, the charge, should we say, when it comes to getting to circular plastics. C certainly for Recycle PT, my area of focus, it is very circular. Uh, we have a huge bottle-to-bottle -bottle industry, so that's taking a bottle from uh, the collection point and then recycling it back into a material that will go back into another bottle. So um, I would fundamentally disagree that uh, plastic recycling does not work. Um, it does, but it has its challenges, of course. Well, what's the size of the plastic problem? And how much plastic is produced each year? How much of it is recycled plastic versus virgin plastic? And what about the problem with plastic if it's not recycled? So I think one of the, the big issues when we start talking about what percentages of plastics are being recycled is that we don't actually know um, as a society, as an industry, um, because once you start um, looking at through the life cycle of plastics in whichever application it is used, um, tracking that info and getting data on the 
the waste volumes, where those waste volumes go in terms of disposal route um, is, is quite um, opaque. Uh, obviously, some markets around the world, perhaps more developed uh, economies, do have monitoring and do have some information. But generally, we are lacking data in this sector, hence why we, um, uh, you know, in ICIS is, is actually, you know, one of these companies trying to actually look at this and, and measure it because of course we, it's important to understand where we are so we know where we can get to so it's, it's a very difficult um uh question to answer with a precise number there is a general number around there of, of around sort of eight nine ten percent of of plastics are recycled globally um but it's 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 indicative of the fact that you know that percentage is low when we look at the overall consumption of, of plastics um but if 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 we to look at you know some of the, some of the work that we have done at ICIS. We've built um, a re- recycling supply tracker for mechanical, looking at those three key polymers of PET, uh, polyethylene terephthalate, uh, polypropylene, and polyethylene uh, as recycled polymers. We can see that um, the recycle output today is less than ten percent of the overall uh, market uh, in terms of capacity for those polymers. So it shows that the potential to recycle, there is limitations up to 10% at this point in time globally. Um, But of course, you need to drill down into those different markets to find that you can have much higher recycle rates um, in different applications. But that's one of the complexities around plastics in that it goes into so many different industries into so many different applications is consumed in so many different ways and disposed of equally in so many different ways it's a very complex area to try and measure how many times can it actually be recycled so is plastic truly circular so if we look at mechanical recycling and chemical recycling, um, there are two different technologies and, and developments going on in the market. Mechanical recycling is, is the very well established um, um, capacity in the market today. And depending on the polymer that you're looking at, it could be, um, you know, anything t- from five, six, seven, maybe eight, nine, ten times that you can recycle a, that particular polymer. It, it very much depends on each of them. Um, but if there is a finite number of times that you can recycle things mechanically because basically you're breaking that down and degrading the monomer in that plastic. But this is why we're looking at chemical recycling. As an industry, there is a lot of focus on this. For chemical recycling, you can recycle infin- infinitely. So um, the, the the idea is that, you know, chemical is, is taking this to the next stage. Um, we would look that hopefully the models develop that you mechanical mechanically recycle material that you can um, effectively do in that system when it gets to that degradation point it can then be chemically recycled um, that can be done as i say you know infinitely and um, you ultimately do make that plastics um, truly circular so why should we be focusing on plastic recycling rather than not using plastic? And you kind of touched on this before, but I wanted to ask you the question directly. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's, you know, and it's not just exclusive to plastics. Of course, we should be looking at alternatives, right? We need to, we need to assess that we're using the best material in, in those particular applications. And we need to look at whether we are using too many resources. So, you know, could we reduce um, 
you know, so in the plastics industry, for instance, there's been a lot of light weighting. So, you know, um, if I think again to my example of the bottle, plastic bottle, uh, a lot of light weighting was done by the industry. So, uh, you know, we have the, the usage of, of polymer in the bottle has, you know, in some instances, less than, you know, it's less than half that it was. Um, so, you know, there are lots of routes to this uh, that, that can be looked at. Um why why do we use plastics is a question you have to ask in the first instance and there's obviously a lot of benefits to that why it's become so pervasive in our life is um you know there's things like convenience that it offers uh, but obviously it keeps food fresh it's there's a hygiene aspect to what in terms of protecting the contents of that packaging uh, and because a lot of plastics are used in food contact applications uh, but but other things as well um so we, we use plastic because it, ha- it, it has characteristics, performance characteristics that are very important and offer a lot of advantages. So another point to make, and I think this sometimes gets lost because of kind of the, the negative connotations around plastics, is that, you know, OK, if you want to switch away from plastics, you need to really think about why you're switching away and what's the impact of that, because you know, plastics, like every other material, we are in a backdrop of a climate crisis. We need to look at the carbon footprint. We need to understand what's the impact of anything that we're doing. And one of the reasons to continue to use plastics in many instances is that it has a lower carbon footprint than other materials. So I do see a lot of reaction to switch away from plastics. And and I understand, um, you know, people perceive it in a particular way but actually if you if you look at the footprint um you know plastics is lighter so once you start putting uh, products into plastic packaging and transport it around that's much lower carbon footprint than say glass which is heavier of course um you have to look at the whole process of how you produce that material. So plastics is in a highly efficiently produced material. There are other materials that are highly, much more energy intensive, for instance, um, that can, um, again, increase the carbon footprint uh, in comparison to plastics. So, you know, absolutely, we need to assess whether plastics is the right material in that particular application. But that needs to be a more holistic view of, not just because of clearly there is a, a plastics pollution issue, but actually does that material bring all the other benefits in terms of a carbon footprint as well? So it's, it's a much bigger picture uh, that we need to look at. Well, I wanted to ask you about plastics derived from renewable sources like soy or other plants. And then what's the issue with biodegradable plastics how does that affect plastic recycling? But more importantly, what about things like water sources and just biodegrading in the atmosphere? Yeah, bio-based materials, um, again, it's another um, complex area in terms of absolutely you can produce these materials from a range of different feedstocks. So that's therein lies one question as you touch upon about what's that impact of that material uh, or sorry, feedstock source. Does it mean um, there's competition for absolutely water supplies or land for food um, and, and all of those types of questions? Um, if if that's not an issue, um, then you have to look at um one of the big things I think for, for the bio-based is getting to um, a scale. Um, again, if we 
think about you know how pervasive plastics are um, and you know the the, the um, uh, immense size of these markets that use these materials um, bio-based could be um, part of that picture but there is something that you know it's really not a very large scale at this point in time so the alternative is there but not in in a very um deeply penetrating way at this point in time one of the other issues with biobase is again depending on what the um, feedstocks are um, and when particularly we get into the biodegradable area that becomes a contaminant to the recycling stream so it would actually need to be you know collected and sorted separately to the recycling stream uh, not to damage that recycling stream so that uh, therein lies another challenge um, adding more complexity to the collection infrastructures that would be needed of course they could be developed but it's something that has to be consciously done um, in order to make sure that it doesn't become uh, uh, that contamination so um, I think it's something that uh, industry is looking at um, certainly hear a lot of information about this uh, particularly from Asia uh, and, and see a lot of investment being suggested in this space so absolutely again i think it will be part of the solution as everything should be on the table right we should be looking at the, the alternatives to fossil fueled uh, um, materials um so i think it's something that's coming but it's really a question of how it can get to scale what i've seen from the recycle pt market where they've looked at bio-based feedstocks there were you know even single sources um of mat uh, material that were located in one particular part of the world which meant you know you, you were transporting it all around so again thinking about carbon footprint and then of course there is if we have a smaller market at this point in time and the scale is much lower and but there's a big demand for it it's becoming um, uh, an expensive um, option as well but I mean that's really end users choices to how committed they want to be and, and follow this through but it certainly will be part of the picture moving forwards. Um, we'll just have to see how quickly that can develop. Um, but it has to be done in sync with uh, sort of the collection infrastructures when it gets to end of life. Well, it's undeniable that plastic in the world's oceans has caused great harm to marine life, for example. And there's been some projects that have been fairly high profile looking at removal of this waste using, for example, nets um, to get that waste out of seas uh, around the world. is Are those projects beneficial? Do they actually um, achieve their goal? So I think the issue with the marine pollution from plastics, um, these projects are, in my view, still very important and critical because of course we need to remove this from the waters um, unfortunately from a recycle perspective generally once those plastics have hit uh, the the marine waters um, they are unlikely to be able to be recycled in most instances they cannot because they'll have degraded the sun will have um, impacted them um, so you know, there are obviously routes that are being explored to what to do with those uh, materials, but generally it would be difficult to recycle them in the same way that we think of recycle um, for, for, for uh, kind of on land operations. Um, so I think um, the best approach really is this um, stopping the material getting into the waterways and, and ended up in our, in our marine life um, environments. 
Um, and this is why we look at the these projects like prevented ocean plastics, ocean bound plastic. There's there's lots of different kind of um, schemes out there under these uh, titles that are doing exactly that. So trying to capture any material that's within a certain uh, boundary to a to a particular shoreline or, or waterline, should I say, um, and making sure that that material gets collected so it doesn't end up in that environment. So absolutely i think again the the getting the material out of the out of the waters is important um but actually if you can prevent it going into the waters in the first place you can actually then again get it back into a recycle stream um and um and repurpose that material so what is icis's innovation related to plastic recycling so really, it's very important, as I said, to actually be measuring these markets, to, to be tracking these markets, to be understanding what is going on. So, um, you know, we've we've got benchmarks in, in some of the pricing um, of, of the recycled polymers, for instance, um, which is very important to give some transparency to the market. So that that's one area. But of course, we've been looking at, as I touched upon, you know, one of the big questions we get asked is how can I source some of this recycled polymer? Because increasingly end users are looking at incorporating recycled content into their products and packaging. So we have developed um, recycling supply trackers, one for mechanical. So we have identified over two and a half thousand mechanical recycling plants globally for recycle PET, PE and PP. P- E and PP, sorry. Um, And um, as I say, that's global. And so that's really helping connect the end markets with the suppliers. So really giving a good profile of the suppliers base out in there. And we're tracking that on a regular basis to see how those uh, projects are developing and obviously adding new ones as they evolve. But we have complemented that now with a uh, recycling supply tracker for chemical recycling, uh, which is at its early stages in many instances. So we have the majority of the plants sitting in a pre-commercial stage at this point in time. Um, And uh, we've identified just under 150 uh, different uh, plants and processes. Um, Again, uh, this is on a global basis. Um, This is across all polymers and all technologies. Um, and what we see is, um, you know, less than 30% of them are currently operating at a commercial scale. Um, but over half of them are expected to start up in the next three to five years. So, um, it's at a smaller capacity at this moment in time. We're measuring it at, at around uh, 2.5 million tonnes um, globally in store capacity, so both the commercial and pre-commercial facilities. Um, but absolutely, this is an area that's just going to grow and grow and grow. Um, so, you know, again, we've produced this tracker so people can identify not only just for, from a sourcing point of view, but actually from an investment point of view. And that's one of the important areas. These tech, you know, all these solutions need to be, um, you know, invested in and developed and capacity uh, built around it. So, you know, for instance, we've identified that there's a lot of uh, this uh, chemical recycling capacity sitting in Asia, Pacific and North America. Uh, They take up the bulk of that at this point in time. But uh, one of the things with chemical recycling is um, that, you know, looking at licensing uh, the technology um, out. So, you know, once it gets established and proven, um, this can be taken on board and and developed in different markets in different parts of the world. Um, So, you know, ICIS um, 
really has a very strong vision of, of, of how to help analyze gather data and analyze that data to help really optimize the use of resources um, that's really a, a key focus of us so we've we've certainly developed it on the recycling side and an and extended part of our team is is looking at some of the carbon um, related solutions um, to help um, measure assess um, what we are all doing in this industry um, so it's a very important area for the business because um, of course looking at the petrochemical space and uh, there's a lot of expectation there's going to be a lot of pressure on this sector to do more and more to become more sustainable um, and you know we are looking to help give that information so that they can make more informed decisions about how to invest and where to go to as next steps as they look to the future um, investment. Well picking up that point about the future what is the future for recycled plastics and where might we be in five years time, 10 years time and beyond? So to contradict our friend Boris, once again, I think recycling is the real um, focus uh, for the plastics industry. Um, as I say, very established um, recycled capacity from a mechanical perspective. We have around 46 million tonnes of recycled capacity in the market today, just for those three polymers that I mentioned. Um, and in the next five years, that capacity will continue to grow. Um, and we'll see much more investment uh, develop in that space. We already see a lot of projects going on looking at the um, less commonly recycled plastics, but perhaps some of the more challenging uh, plastics that um, have yet to be recycled, things like flexibles and films and so forth. Uh, but a lot of, again, activity in this space, and we expect there will be breakthroughs um, within the next five years in those spaces as well. Um, we see things like, again, back, going back to my market of um, PET, we see you know a lot of interest in the tray-to-tray recycling. So the competition for supply in the market has generated this um, focus on what else can we recycle to greater uh, volumes. So I think there will be a lot more investment in, in recycling. Mechanical, um, yes, in the next five years, because of course we have targets, mandatory and voluntary, that are driving that but also chemical recycling. I think chemical recycling is probably a little bit outside of those five years timeframe um, because there still needs to be a lot of development in the investment, but the technology development, getting that from a pilot or a demo uh, pi uh, plant phase into the commercial um, scale. Um, so that's probably five to 10 years um, on the horizon, but absolutely it's um, recycle is, is driving that development in the market to find the solutions that make plastic circular in the first place um, and make uh, greater efficiencies in how we um, use our resources. Helen McGill, thank you so much for speaking with me today about this important subject. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to discover more conversations about how to build back better to achieve the global goals, see leading edge news, science, law, and business content on the Relics SDG Resource Center at sdgresources.relx.com.